0: Yes, how many of you guys have seen Jumanji? Okay, quite a few. There's a few others that have seen it. Like, I think they grossed like $959 million. No big deal, just another day in the box office. But it's a very popular movie that is out there and uh, we're excited to, to chat about it. And that's what we're doing during the Movies. We're talking through uh, different movies. And we had Greatest Showman week one, last week Incredibles 2, this week Jumanji, and next week Remember the Titans. I'm very excited for that one. And, uh, you know, it's, movies are just a way to communicate, to build conversation around, to talk about scripture and... And, and what God has to say, sometimes there's principles from it. We're not saying movies of the Bible or anything like that. But it's a chance for us to begin a conversation about something that many of us are enjoying and, and talking about. Um, my name is Keith Harrington, and I'm one of the pastors here. What we saw there with the rock, you know, kind of looking and looking at his muscles, that's kind of how I react each morning. Um, <laughs> it's like I surprise myself, you know. Like some of you, you've gotten used to, you know, I, I surprise myself every morning like, wow. How's that going? You know what I mean? And so, but no, getting to, getting to be able to laugh at ourselves is something that we like to do here at Rock Harbor. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We take God and His Word very seriously. And in this movie, um, how many of you guys have seen the original Jumanji? Okay? Quite a few of us, a little darker, um, more kind of themed in a with a board game. And this one is about the four teenagers. It's a video game uh, system, and so they get sucked into it. They have they become these different people that that they're not, and then they've got to find their way out of this adventure. And I know for some of us, you know, we we kind of look and we think, you know, hey, this is great. Remember, this is not a it's not a remake. This is like a sequel to it. The first one, the jungle comes to them, and this one they go to the jungle and so that's why it's welcome to the jungle you see why they did that um but either way it's a world of adventure things are happening around that are a little bit different than usual and they've got these three marks on their wrist that signify the lives that they're they have to live okay and how many of you guys like a good video game over at the hub anybody like video games okay no, yeah some of you you're like you're like yes i like video games some of you hate video games who doesn't like video games Okay, my kids tell me I need to get over it, okay? But we all are wired a little bit differently. Regardless, we're all looking for adventure, whether we consider ourselves adventurous. But there's a, a statement that's within this, uh, this movie that I want to bring some attention to. It's a great, great thing. It says, a game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. And I don't know how you came in today and, and what you are dealing with, but maybe you're thinking, man, I would really like to leave... Some of the things in my past behind. Maybe it's something uh, that you've been through. Uh, Maybe it's something that your your life just feels kind of mundane or drab, and you're just going. You know, I would love to leave behind some of the routine that I have going, and I'd love to have some adventure. For others, maybe it's a a difficult thing that you've been through, that something in your past, or maybe this has been a really hard year for you, and you say, "Hey, I want a fresh start. I'm, I'm looking for." a new adventure. Maybe not anything crazy, but I'm looking for something different, a a little bit of a a fresh start. Here's what I do know. No matter what position you may find yourself in, um, each one of us came in here today in one of two places. One, maybe you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've given your life to him. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And so when I say things like, hey, are you following Jesus? And not do you believe in God, but rather like, yes, I've made him the Lord. Of my life for what Jesus has done for me. Like I've received that salvation. I've sinned, so that separated me from God, and now I'm a follower of Jesus. So either in that group, or you've yet to surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. The key word in there is yet. Here's why. It's not hardly a week goes by that someone doesn't share with us through a communication card or in a conversation that they surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And so I say yet because my prayer is, and there's lots of hope, that people would surrender their heart to Christ today. Asking for forgiveness of sins and saying, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to choose the adventure that is that of discovering God. You know, we've had seven people in the last two weeks that have given their life to Jesus Christ. That's incredible. We can clap for that and celebrate um, people stepping out. And so that's why my prayer is, and as we got together in our uh, different huddles through the room, in the different rooms, you know, some, you dropped your kids off in those rooms. They have a huddle before. It's basically like to get their game face on because the kids are coming and they're praying because they know your kids are coming. They're like, Lord, help us. Um, but there's also part of it that's, that, that's, hey let's pray for those who've who've never been here let's pray for those who don't have a relationship with jesus christ for those that are coming in into a school and they're like a church meets here what's going on like we just lift up and we have a prayer time before service and constantly praying that god would draw people and we pray today that we would see people take this step of an adventure with jesus who'd raise their hand and say i have had detention before even over at the hub, there's some centers over there. Anybody at the hub? Yes. You've gotten detention. You got your name on the board, something. Um, well, here, here's the thing. How many you been to jail? Just kidding. I have. Uh, so I, I would be the first to raise my hand. This is a real stinking place. If you haven't gotten detention or your name on the board, you might be at the wrong church. Um, but we've all fallen short. Uh, Nothing that we want to brag about, because if we've sinned, we need to confess that before God. But these four high school students have found themselves in detention. In this moment that the principal is talking to them, he shares that from his heart, cheesy music is playing behind. But he actually says something that's pretty valuable, and we want to talk about it. You get one life, and fortunately for you, you get the choice on how you're going to spend it. That's a great statement. See, I think often we make decisions about our life based on entertainment. We make it based on we're bored, you know? If, if we find ourselves less than entertained, we'll go find something to do. Or we're looking for something that will capture our attention. And this is a dangerous place and a dangerous way to live. We're trying to fill that, that hole that's in our heart with something other than Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the greatest showman and that this hole in our soul Only thing that fills it is a relationship with God. That's it. But some of you are like, I'm not looking for adventure. I'm just trying to survive. Like, we have so much going on. I'm not looking for one more thing, one more activity, one more thrill. I'm just trying to survive with what I have in front of me. Some of you, you're seeking. You're seeking God. You're seeking an adventure. You're seeking something because you know that there's something that's more, that's out there that's more for you. And then some of us, you may say, hey, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied in Christ. I'm not looking for more. He's sufficient for me. I've, I've got this peace. And if you didn't notice, those all started with S. Super pastoral. I worked actually pretty hard on those, but it's surviving, seeking, or satisfied. Jesus says it this way in Matthew five. He says, Hey, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. So the only satisfaction we can have in life is not by getting a certain amount of money or acquiring a certain kind of job or having that certain number of kids that we would maybe like to have or finally, you know, getting married if that's something that we would desire or getting our grades at a certain level or getting that scholarship. That There's temporary satisfactions that come in. But Jesus is saying those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. It also says in another, uh, in the, another translation of the Bible, it says that they will be filled. There's this filling that takes place when we're satisfied in him and him alone. There's a thing out there called adventure tourism. This is where you pay a lot of money to go on adventures, okay? Um, it's more than just a little expedition. This is where, you know, the typical things, like I've been bungee jumping at the fair, or I've done this, I've swam with dolphins. This is like, oh, no, let's take it to another level. Okay, we're going to go to Machu Picchu and do this. We're going to Great Wall of China. We're going to, as a group, climb all the 14ers in Colorado, and this is what we're going to do. And it's people pay lots and lots of money to have these things. I mean, because there's, it's not enough just planning a trip. Some of you guys are like, I've been to Lagoon and I've been on the rocket. <laughs> well, there's people that pay a lot more money to actually ride an actual rocket. Okay, not something that just goes 200 feet and then drops you and then you go get a corn dog. Okay, something a little bit bigger than that. And in 2016, this was a 100 or 433 million dollar industry. By 2033, it will be a 1.3 billion dollar in industry. People are paying lots of monies, money, monies, they're pinning monies, okay, um, for experiences. Why? Because they're longing for something. They want that. And the question that I want to ask us today is, are we trying to figure out our life apart from God or the adventure with God? Are we trying to figure out our life apart from God or the adventure with God? You know, God desires a relationship with you. And there's an adventure in discovering him. If you came in, as you came in today, you got a program. There's some notes, and that's one of the blanks if you'd like to fill that in. Some of you are, you know, you got to get all the blanks filled in or your life is incomplete. That's how adventurous you are. Um but you may want to write a few things down. There's also some weekly reading that goes along with what we're talking about today, some scripture that you can dig in a little bit deeper. And we're going to be in Jeremiah 9. The verses in your program, they'll be behind me, but if you have your phones, you want to turn there. See, Jeremiah was this prophet of God, and God gave him special revelation. He would come and he would meet with God, and God would tell him what to tell God's chosen people. And then he would come and say, you need to start doing this. God said, you need to quit doing this. And, and if we don't stop doing this, then why are you? And they were just just like us. You know, we're not the first group of people that choose our own way. We're not the first group of people that's come along that we follow after God and then we get distracted and you chase after something else. We're not the first group of people because not everybody in here has given their life to Jesus. That this group of people, some of them had turned their heart against God. Some were just skeptical, they were seeking, some were asking, and and Jeremiah comes in as the prophet, and he speaks the word of the Lord to them. And here's what he says in verse 23, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and he knows me, that I'm the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things that I delight, declares the Lord. He gives them this list of things that they need to start doing and a list of things they need to stop doing. See, what we do, we find ourselves in this same place. We find ourselves chasing after pointless pursuits. That of wisdom. See, wisdom in and of itself isn't bad, but when we begin to idolize it, when we begin to pursue it over all other things, intellect and 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 status, and we want to boast and pride, find pride in this wisdom, and our identity becomes in what we know, this knowledge, this achievement. Another pointless pursuit that he mentions is power. He uses the word might. This where we want this earthly power. That if you have anything in you that's powerful. Let that be from God and from him alone and for God and for his glory. To endlessly pursue the power that can come in this earth for status, power to control, power for significance purposes. Another thing he mentions is riches, where we would chase after riches. See, money isn't bad, it's the love of money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Where we will sell our very soul to acquire more. And we say things like, hey... I'm just trying to give my kids things that I didn't have. Hey, it's for them. Hey, I'm just trying to be responsible. But really, like, we're addicted to the adventure and the thrill of gathering, of seeking, of getting that great deal. And I'm not saying only go for bad deals for Jesus. I'm not saying that, okay? Some of you students, I talked about wisdom earlier. You're like, oh, so I don't have to go to school, Pastor Keith said. Like, he said, don't chase after wisdom, Mom and Dad. That's not what I said. We can't pride ourselves so strongly in the things that we can acquire on this earth. Jesus said it this way in Luke 12, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Take guard, be really careful, be on your guard. Why? Covetousness. We want what other people have. We want that wisdom, we want that status, we want that power, we want that riches, those riches, and we chase after them's riches. And we want to go get that for ourselves. And it says, be on your guard. The only power that we should pursue is that way would bring honor to God. It's not the abundance of our possessions. And you know what? Things aren't bad. It's when things have us. See, we can have things, but we can't let those things have us and control us. And you may not be a thrill seeker. For some of you, you're going to walk by that concession stand out there in either lobby. And you're going to, I mean, crazy for you is like getting the red and the green lixures and braiding it together and eating it. I mean, you're crazy. Like that is crazy. That's a thrill for you. I mean, some of you guys, you run like Spartan runs, you know, like I did a starburst run one time. Like I, I ate the whole bag, you know, um, some of you, you, you do, you like, you like adventure. There's hunters in here, and I've seen your, some of your posts out there, and like, oh, I've been chasing these wild animals. I've seen 700, but I'm going for the trophy, which is code for you didn't get close to anything, but you claim that there's a trophy out there <laughs> that you're going after. Um, but you like that. You may turn down some, some great animals, but you're going for that one, right? You're adventurous. That's what you like. Regardless of whether you would consider yourself a thrill seeker, we're all looking for approval, We're all looking for the meaning to life, where where we get value. And what's the purpose to this life that we live? And he's saying it really clearly, right in the middle, just sandwiched between a good list and a bad list. He says, he that understands and knows me, that I'm the Lord. That's what life is all about. If you understand and know that God is the Lord, not that you believe God exists. He didn't say if, if you believe that God exists. No, that he's the Lord. The Lord means he owns you. He is your very life. He is your very breath. He is your very hope that you can have. It's believing that he gave of himself. God coming to earth in the form of a man, which is Jesus, offering his life for you. That's salvation. That's true love, that's true sacrifice, that's true riches, that's true joy, true knowledge comes from understanding that, but just not having it here, but receiving it in your heart. That's what it means to understand and to make him the Lord of your life. See, a real adventure begins when you make Jesus the Lord of your life. But we chase after these pointless pursuits when there's an amazing adventure waiting for you. So rather than choosing wisdom, we would choose love. See, here's what I love about God's word and how God gives us a specific order as he's speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. He's saying, hey, it's not about wisdom. And the next list, the first thing mentioned is love. Perfectly. He said, it's about love. Because I gave myself for you. I'm giving my only son. About two months ago, we studied through the book of 1 Corinthians and a part of it that really stuck out in Paul's writing was this about love? In verse for, uh, chapter thirteen, it says, "When I was a child, I spoke like a child; I thought like a child; I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part; then I shall know fully, as even as I have been fully known. For now, faith, hope, and love abide, and of these things, the greatest of these is love." He's saying you have only so much knowledge. And more knowledge will come to you as love excels in you. The more you chase after God, the more you realize who God is. And this life that we live, it's just a vapor. Don't live it chasing just wisdom, knowledge, intellect, achievement. Pursue love. Not just to be a kind person. Not to be a friendly person. Well, I'm a loving individual. No. The only way we can love is when once we've received that love that he's first given to us the reason you can love is because he first loved you so rather than wisdom let's choose love rather than power let's choose justice you know what real power is real power is being a voice for those who can't speak for themselves fighting for those who cannot fight for themselves that's justice See, what we want to do, we want to acquire status and power and control on our own for ourselves. And God is saying, no, no, use it for my glory. Let it be justice. Let me be justice. You go and you be justice for those who can't fight for themselves. You know, that word power that Paul mentions in the New Testament over and over, it says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That word power comes from this word dynamite. We get our word dynamite from it, Okay. So it's dynamai. It's also dunamis, which means this mighty force, this miraculous power. It comes from God. It's more than anything we could ever muster up. He wants to bring that to us. So it's not about our own power, but it's about this justice, this powerful justice that's of God. Riches. Rather than this pointless pursuit of riches, we would choose this incredible, amazing adventure of righteousness. Don't chase after the things that will fill you. No, chase after the things that God did. God's righteous. Jesus said it this way, and no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We can't hold righteousness and riches like this. We don't have enough arms for that. Something's going to drop, and the heavier and the harder one is righteousness, because we can acquire and you may say, well, I can. I'd sure like to acquire some riches. You can be rich in Christ, the righteousness of God alive in you because you've chosen I have one master. I'm not going to have two masters. I want the Lord to be the Lord of my life. I want him to own control. I want to him to be persistent. I want, him, I want him to be active in my life. And there's an adventure that's there for us but we try to fill it with other things. There's this missing piece that exists in our life. And in the movie, they're talking over and over about this missing piece. There's a map of Jumanji. You must go to the bazaar and find the missing piece. The bazaar. Missing piece of what? Cheerio! Okay, the missing piece, I'm guessing. That must be what we're looking for, the missing piece of the map. So what are we supposed to be doing? We're looking for the missing piece of the map. So we just start asking for. it? I'm a map doctor, and I have this map that... Like, has a missing piece? We need to find the missing piece. The missing piece is not what you think. You guys, this does not look like a piece of a map. The missing piece is an elephant? You're our missing piece. You were the thing that we needed to find. So the clue was to, what, go to the bazaar to find the missing piece? It wasn't the elephant. Alex... This is where we need you. Remember, you're the missing piece. See, this, uh, this missing piece, it's not a thing. See, this, this part of our soul that it longs for not something, but someone. Capital O-N-E. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. He's the way. He's the map. You know, you're like, no, Dora, I'm the map, I'm the map. You know, you're like, "Uh." no, he's saying that was like a throwback from way back, okay? He's saying, I'm the missing piece. Jesus Christ is the only thing that can fill that in you. He's that piece of our life that we have to have. Our soul longs for it. You know, prior to Jesus coming, those who followed Jesus, they made a sacrifice each and every year that was a payment for their sin. They would take a lamb, they would offer it as a sacrifice, and it was poured out. It would, Because it was an animal, it was called a blood sacrifice. And so they would pour out this blood that was symbolizing that, hey, we believe that God is God. He is the Lord of our life. We want to honor him. We want to worship him. Jesus has yet to come. And so we participate once a year in this time of Passover, this ceremony where we say, hey, there is a payment that is made for us in our sin. Well, when Jesus came... He was that ultimate payment for us. So prior to Jesus, they're saying, there's a lamb that's gonna come. There's a Messiah that's gonna come. There's a lamb that's gonna come and he's gonna pay for the sins of the world and we're not gonna have to make sacrifice and it's coming and it's coming, it's coming. Then Jesus arrives on the scene and a man by the name of John the Baptist that happened to be one of Jesus's relatives, he calls out and he says, behold the lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. He says, look, behold the lamb of God. Like the lamb is here and people are like, what? We've heard about this. What exactly is going on? Well, Jesus was this lamb that poured out. He was that missing piece that now we don't do a sacrifice annually. No, Jesus has already come. He already poured out his life for us as an offering. And guess what he did? He didn't stay dead. He conquered this world. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He rose from that so that we could have life in him. See, if he would have stayed dead, it would have been like, hey, Jesus died. Lived a sinless life but died. No, the resurrection is the power of life that we have. So when John calls out and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, look, look, look. These disciples are like, Oh man, we got to follow. We got to follow him. They start following him and they ask Jesus, They start following him and Jesus is like, Bro, why are you following me, bros? (laughs) They're right behind him. And he asks them a simple question. It's the same question that's asked to us today. He says to them, What are you seeking? What are you seeking? That's my question for you today. What are you seeking? You know how Jesus answered that question? They kind of looked at him like, oh, you're the Lamb of God. We've heard about you. And he says, come and see. Come and see. Follow me. See what you're seeking, what I'm seeking, this adventure, it only comes in Jesus Christ. There's this adventure in Christ that awaits us. The problem is, is we make Jesus an add-on to our life rather than our life. We add him on to our life. He's, we have our map, but then we have, like, Jesus bless our map. We have our plan, we have our adventure, we ask him, may bless us. He's an add-on to it rather than being our very life. We're to take up our cross every day and make sacrifice for him. It should be about his glory and him alone. We've got wisdom and riches in this ear, knowledge accomplishment. And then over here, he's saying, hey, it's not about the power this world can offer, but rather it's love, it's justice, it's righteousness. So maybe you're asking the question, what does an adventure with Jesus look like? And, And how can I know that I'm on an adventure with Jesus? My question for you is, has your life changed? Has your life changed? Well, yeah, you know, it changed 20 years ago. Changed five years ago? Changed last year? How does your life look more like Jesus this month compared to last month? Do you look different in your relationship with him than six months ago? See, Paul wrote down a couple of instructions for us and how we're to live. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. He says, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to look like Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then... You'll choose love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which I don't like that one being in there. If he would have stopped at nine, it would have been fine. Um, but self-control. For against such, there's no law. And then he says, if you are of him, and if you belong to Christ, then crucify your flesh and its passions and its desires. Does your life look different? Are you saying no to the things that you desire, but you know, God doesn't desire that for you? Are you choosing the way of the spirit rather than the way of the flesh? And at Rock Harbor, you hear our mission statement a lot, and it's based out of scripture, is that we would love and lead one another to be devoted followers of Jesus. We devote, we devotedly follow, we would chase after, it would be a priority for us, for us to love and lead one another, to be devoted followers of him. Or do you treasure the temporary so much? You don't take up your cross daily because, man, these things are right in front of you. What are you seeking? We have a decision to make because we only have one life to live. We only have one life to live, how are we going to choose to live it? See, are we going to try to figure out our life apart from God? Are we going to step into this adventure with God? The Bible makes it really clear that we have to admit that we've sinned. See, if God is perfect, and he's over here, and we are imperfect, and we're over here, there's a chasm between us He doesn't say, acknowledge that I am Lord and make sure you go to church every week and that will get you here. Acknowledge that I'm Lord and give away of your finances to help people who are less privileged. Acknowledge I'm Lord and maybe when it works out in the end, there'll be somebody that in eternity, even if you never accepted the gift of Jesus and you never admitted your sin and all of that, but maybe someone will hook you up. And I mean, surely a good God wouldn't allow us to be separate from him, but he's righteous and he's love and he's justice and he did everything in love and he was very just in doing so. And he's righteous to the point that because God is perfect imperfection perfection cannot be with him. So I was over here. But only through the gift of Jesus, only because of the Lamb of God, only because his blood was poured out, only because of the plan that he has, the missing piece, the gap is only because of Jesus, that I have to admit that I'm, I've sinned. Once I've admitted that I've sinned, John 1, nine tells us that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Salvation has come. I have to believe not that he's God, not that he exists, but he's the Lord, and that he died for my sins, and he offered himself, and he rose from the dead, and because of that gift, I've been given salvation, and I commit to him, and I say, I want to live for you, to admit, believe, and commit my life to him, for him to be the Lord of my life. You know, I heard this the other day, Gladiator 2 is going to come out they're going to preparing to make gladiator two. And like, all the dudes are like, Whoa! you know, we're like super pumped about that. Maybe dudes aren't like, well, like, well, you know, and you know, those scenes and like in gladiator brave heart where it's like, here we going And we're going to do this. And here he goes. And if you love, and here's your choice and it choose today, whom you're going to serve for Narnia or whatever those things are in those moments. Okay. You know, it's even like football. Whose house is this? You know, and you get all excited and you get pumped up. This is Moses who led God's people. He does one of those moments and he puts a line in the sand. He said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Everybody is watching. And I'm saying this. Moses says that I've set before you life and death, a blessing and a curse. Therefore, choose life. That you and your offspring may live. It's life and death before you. There is an adventure before you. One leads to destruction and one leads to life. We have one life to live. There's no overtime. There's no get the mushroom, grab another life. There's no A-B-A-B start, left, right, left, right. There's no extra lives. There is one life that we get to live. Who do you choose? Because Jesus Christ has come and he would wish that no one would perish but that all would come to repentance. He has chosen you. Would you bow your head with me? I believe in this room and and, and at the Hub and, and online, I believe that God is moving in hearts. And if he has moved in your heart now, you're impressed in your spirit that he has chosen you. You may not feel worthy. You know that you've sinned. If God has moved, And you want to take that step to say, I don't understand everything about the Bible. I don't have it all together. I've got some things in my life, but just to say, I need you. I admit, I believe, I commit. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I have sinned and I've fallen short. I believe that you're God. You conquered sin. You conquered death. I invite you. I choose you. You've chosen me. You've done something for me I could not do for myself. So, not by my good works, but by yours, I've been healed. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me life. You are my Lord.